Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yeah. 
greeting, saints. Once again, in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kenston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. For we didn't make ourselves, but it was He who created us and woke us up today. It is He that every good and blessed, good and perfect gift comes from. We are entering His gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, offering the fruit of our lips the sacrifice of praise. This is the day our Lord has made. So 
to fix it up so that we could do it so simply. He had to be beaten. He had to be broken. He had to be, uh, he had to die. He had to shed his precious blood. So keep in mind uh, that that uh, someone has had to pay a pay- very heavy price for what you are able, you and I are able to enjoy freely. Uh, we looked at Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-two, and we're going to take a look this this morning at Romans chapter three, verse twenty-five. And I trust that someone is about to be blessed very well today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Required a great sacrifice. Yes, yes, what we are enjoying, someone had to pay and pay dearly for. From the book of Romans. Chapter 3. Very special focus on verse 25. New International Version reads as follows. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement or at one meant through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Verse 26, he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just. And the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Capital E, require. Great sacrifices, salvation, good things, blessings. Uh, Somebody had to pay. Somebody had to pay very seriously. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, again, we thank you. We praise you. We come before you presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. Asking you, Father, to forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, which we have all grievously committed in thought, word, or deed. We thank you, Father, for loving us, though we are not perfect. We thank you, Father, for leading and guiding us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake, even though sometimes we don't even want to be led. Have mercy on us, Father, and, and forgive us for our, our mess. 
as we are being made into the image and the likeness of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, for the hearts and minds of those under the sound of my voice, that you prepare them very well for your good, pleasing, and perfect will, that their souls may be fed, just as the deer pants for waters, our souls pant for the true and living God. Speak, Father, for your children, your servants, your people have gathered in various corners, in various times and seasons in their life to hear words from heaven. We trust you will not disappoint us and that you will do these things for us, your little children. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Romans chapter 3. Very powerful chapter dealing with the faithfulness of God, the revelation that no one is righteous in and of himself. But verses 21 down through 31, they deal very strongly with righteousness by faith. Righteousness by faith. Now, understand one or two things about faith. Number one, without faith, the Bible says is what? It's impossible to please God. All right, so so just keep that in mind because, again, we're talking about it's a big deal to be saved. Well, what is it that gets us saved? It's our faith. So faith is what gets this whole thing going with God. Faith puts you and I in a different position before God. Without faith, God say you're not pleasing me. With faith, God said, you've pleased me with that, but you've got to keep walking by that. All right, let's, let's, let's look at the three, the three states of humanity. Without faith, God said, you're unsaved, you don't please me, and I'm going to be doing a whole lot of stuff that's not going to please you too. Get that? Let's get, without faith, you can't please me. Yeah, but, Lord, I did this. God said, look, you ain't had no faith. I'm not happy with it. Ah, but I, I, I gave money to the... To the, the willing, I gave money to the, you know, to the poor. Ah, no faith. No, God said you don't please me. Ah, I went to church and I, I listened. Ah, but you got no faith. Now, faith must be accompanied by action, or God said it's still no faith. Because faith without works is dead. So if you ain't doing nothing, even though you, 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 you claim you have faith, if you ain't doing nothing, you really don't. You really don't. Faith without works is dead. So if the faith is genuine, then we need to see something. We need to see something. All right, so here, first state is without faith. What? It's impossible to please God. All right, so, so we understand that. That's scripture. We got that. But then the scripture go on to tell us that faith without works is dead. So then if the faith that you claim to have don't have any works, then you still really don't have no faith. So you're still not pleasing God. I got faith, uh, Apostle. I ain't got no works yet, but I got faith. No, you really don't. No, you really don't. Because faith without works is dead. It's dead. All right? Then, righteousness through faith. So now we get some faith. We do something. Faith must be accompanied by action. It must be. It must be. There's no, there's no way around it. 
Amen. The, the right faith will always be accompanied by the right action. Just, just keep, that, keep that in mind. The right faith, the right faith will always be accompanied by the right action. Then God hauled off and said, all right, now, now without faith, you don't please me. With faith, even if it's the size of a mustard seed, God said, that pleases me because you got some. But then God be saying, look, keep walking by faith. The just shall live by faith. Keep living. Keep walking. Keep moving by faith. Don't stop in faith because if you stop in faith, you can slip back to no faith. And you know what no faith means to God. No faith, no pleasing God. Dead faith, no pleasing God. So there's only really one way we can do this thing. We've got to come by faith and we've got to keep moving by faith. That's the only way. That's the only way. You, you know, we, you, you, can't, you can't stop. Righteousness our righteousness before God is achieved through faith. So when we stop the faith thing, we stop righteousness. All right. All right. Let's see what, let's see what we got. Now, the Spirit had to let individuals know that in verse 20, go back to Romans 3 and 20, therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Now, that's, that's, let's understand that. This is for those of you out there that feel like, you know, you, you, you're going to just try to keep the Ten Commandments or you're just going to try to keep the, the old covenant. You're going to try real hard to do that right there. Look, without uh, – you can't be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. It can't be done. Men tried that for thousands and thousands of years. No one was declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Why? Because everybody broke something except for Jesus. Everybody did something. David slept with Bathsheba. You know, Samson told Delilah the, the secret of his great strength. Abraham told lie to the to the uh, the Egyptians that Sarah was his sister. Everybody did something. Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge. Of everybody did something. You, me, the great patriarchs, you know, uh, everybody did something. So no one was declared and will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law, except for Jesus. Jesus was declared righteous by God because he perfectly kept the law. See, the law, the law, the Mosaic law is kind of like this. And see, this is why we got to be very careful as children of God, because some of us don't have an understanding of how this thing works. The Mosaic law worked like this. If you were guilty of one point, if you were guilty at just one point, you were guilty of breaking all of the law because the law was a unit. It wasn't like you can just say, you know, all right, well, you know, I did all this right here, but I didn't do that. That, that was much the mentality of the rich young ruler. You remember he came to Jesus and, and you know, asking Jesus what must he do to be, to be saved, and, and, you know, Jesus started saying some things, which he had kept. But then Jesus came on over to the thing that he hadn't kept which was he, was he was selfish and he was greedy with that money. And so Jesus said, all right, now the remedy for that is to go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me, you'll have treasure in heaven. He didn't want to do that. See? 
So all of, so all of that that he did do was negated by that that he didn't do because he ended up going away from the Lord. Sad. You say, Apostle, what, what are you trying to get me to understand? I'm trying to get you to understand that any unrepented sin can get you sent to hell. Any sin that you ain't, you ain't fixed up, that I ain't fixed up, we got to fix it up. That, God said, that's why I'm giving you time. You got to fix that up. Whatever it is. You see, there's a whole lot of groups that's going to hell, according to the word of God. So all the Bible says that all unrighteousness is sin. You can get sent to hell for gossip just like you can for adultery. You can get sent to hell for homosexual. You can get sent to hell for, for, for selfishness just like you can get sent to hell for, for uh, homosexuality. Any unrepented sin, any sin that, that we don't... Our job now as children of God is to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. How? By fixing that stuff we know that's in us that ain't right. That's our responsibility. Very, every one of us. We got to fix that. Not make excuses for it. Not try to explain it away. Not try to uh uh-uh. uh the stuff that's in me that ain't right got to be fixed, or I can mess around and end up in hell. And true faith, sincere faith, will will spur you to start working on yourself. True faith. When you, when, you, when you really, if it's sincere faith, sincere faith, the Holy Ghost ain't going to just let us just keep right on in our mess. We got to fix. We got to fix that. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is, you know, this is the Spirit of God. He's everywhere all at the same time. He's all in you, all around you, all down the street, all up in heaven. He's everywhere all at the same time. And he's looking at every aspect, every detail of our life. And anything that he sees that is not in line with the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, uh, he wants it fixed because God wants it fixed. God wants you and I fixed. We got to be perfect. See, it ain't going to be people in, people ain't going to be in heaven that, that was at 99%. We're going to be perfect in heaven. So we've got to do that process. What God wants to see is he wants to see that process going now. Now, what God, what God has got in my spirit is this. He's giving me a parable in this right here so that, so that nobody gets discouraged. Um, let's say you tell your son or your daughter to, you go into the store, you tell them, cut the grass. If you come back and that joker ain't even got the lawnmower out of the barn, he ain't even cut one single blade, you're going to have serious, what, problem with that because he ain't, even, he ain't done none of what you said. But if you come back and he, and he halfway through, you come back here in the front yard cutting. You come back and, you know, he's, he's you know, you, depending on how long you've been going, you come back and he's in the process, come on, somebody, hmm, of doing what you told him to do, then you got no problems with that normally. Why? 
because he's, he's, he's in the process. Well, children of God, this is what God wants us to understand. Perfection is the whole yard being cut. Is anybody understanding? Saints, if you're, if you're hearing me out there, let me know. Perfection is the whole yard being cut. Well, none of us have obtained it all yet. None of us have yet been made perfect. But when Christ comes back, he said, Robert, what I want to see, I want to see you in the front yard cutting. I want to see you in the backyard. I want to see you weed eating. I want to see you in the what? Process of doing what I told you. I want to see you in the process of getting rid of them sins, getting rid of them iniquities. I want to see you in the process of moving toward perfection. Don't let me come back and you haven't done what? Anything. Oh, man, and the Lord is flashing in my spirit. Now the parable of the talents. Come back, one man took five talents, did what? Made five more. Came back, another man had, had two talents, made what? Two more. But he came back and found that one joker. Went off and buried his talent. And then come dig it up and present it to the master, talking about here's, here's your talent. You mean to tell me you ain't done nothing with the time that you had? See, child of God, keep in mind, and I used to have a friend of mine, a bishop in, in Nigeria, you know, used to be on one of my teams when we would, we would move around. He said, time is not a luxury. Time is not a luxury. Time, you can't get back. What you didn't do, that time, you can't get back. So this is why, again, God wants us constantly making the most of our opportunities. Most times the difference between individuals that do something real, real great and individuals that don't be doing much of nothing, individuals real, real great, a lot of times they made the most of their opportunities. They had the chance to go for that job, and they went for it. They had the chance to, to apply for that promotion, and they, they did it. They had the chance, and they took it. They took it. Now look at what the Bible says in verse 20. Romans 3 and 20 for you saints that's just joining us. Now it says, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. That was, why the, that was why the law was put in effect to lead us in Christ. Because what the law did showed you, showed you and I all the ways we can offend God. All the ways that you and I can upset God. So now that we stand here and found out we don't upset God, we don't find out we don't offend God. We don't find out that God is upset with us because it's craziness that we do. Now, what's the next logical step? Christ. The law was put in effect to lead us to Christ. Now, Lord, I'm all messed up. I realize I'm all You already knew I was all messed up. Now I realize I'm all messed up. What next? God said, Jesus Christ. Okay, let's, let's, let's get parable for him. Let's get parable for him. You know, there have been times, you know, and the Lord is flashing in my spirit, you know, working in the yard. We, we keep using that as a parable, working in the yard. And, I mean, we out there, man, we cutting, we digging, we sweating, we, you know, we doing all kinds of things. And come in the house smelling. We realize we smelling. The people that ain't been working realize we smelling. Well, the question becomes, do we just go sit down on, and, and sit down on the sofa and uh, uh, start talking to people and uh, jump in the bed and messing up? Uh-uh. Get yourself cleaned up. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? We, the law led us to know how messed up we were, how messed up we were. Christ 
came on the scene to fix us up from the mess. That's the difference between the law and Christ. Law just lets you know how messed up you are. Christ not only lets you know how messed up you are, because you, you know, because he, he was the one that spoke the law into effect, but he now provides a way for you to come out of your mess. This is why we need Jesus. See, without Jesus, then you just messed up before God. You just all messed up before God. With Jesus, even though we still got some messed up stuff in us, God sees the blood. He sees us halfway finished cutting the yard when he come back, like he told us to. All right, well, come on. Verse 21, Romans 3 and 21. But now, we didn't talk about the law. We didn't talk about what the law did, how it made us conscious of sin, how it let us know how messed up we were. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been known to which the law and the prophets testify. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the righteousness or the way back to God that's apart from the law. It has now been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Even the law talked about Jesus. Not only did the law let you and I know how we could sin, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery. 613 rules commanded said the law let us know, but then the law also went and says, look, Jesus is coming. <laughs> All of this where y'all ain't done. All of this where y'all couldn't do. All of this where you all fell short. Jesus is coming. The one is coming who will not fall short. See, this is why I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Men and women may let you down. They may fail you. But the Lord will never fail you. This righteousness, verse 22, from God comes through faith. Well, there we go. There, there's that faith again. Remember we had talked some time ago, a few months ago, about all different things that faith can do. Faith, children of God, listen. Listen, God just flashed. Guess what God just flashed in my mouth, in my mind? A Swiss what? Pocket knife. Is it army knife or pocket knife? Swiss army knife. Well, man, we, you know, we had one of the brothers that uh, does some work on the ministry houses and different things. We were doing some work over at one of the houses. And uh, it was something we needed to get done. He hauled off and pulled out the what? Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. You say, Apostle, what in the world are you talking about? Swiss Army knife. Man, you can cut with it. You've got a cork screw. You can, man, you can turn, uh, turn screws. You've got a, all, all kind of stuff you can do with a Swiss Army knife. You say, Apostle, what you talking about? Our faith in Christ is, is greater than a Swiss Army knife. Your faith, child of God in Christ, you, listen, you and I don't even have any idea of all the stuff that our faith in Christ can do. I done seen our faith in Christ raise the dead. I'm not talking about what I heard. See, some of y'all out there, you're talking about what you heard. I'm talking about what I have seen with these two eyes. I have seen faith in Christ cast demons out in the name of Jesus. I have seen faith in Christ going to hospitals where doctors had said, and we don't know what we can do. We, there's nothing else we can do. Faith in Christ preach and, and proclaim the word of God. Individuals get up and walk out of the hospital the next day with nothing wrong. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about what I heard. See, that, that'd be different. What I read about what Paul did, that's what I heard. What I read about what Peter did, that's what I heard. But see, you got to get some in your life not talking about what I heard. You got to get some what you have seen God do. Lord shared something with me years ago. That thing shook me up. God said, Robert, I'm not going to judge you based on Paul's missionary tours. I was like, Lord, he said, no, I ain't going to ask you nothing about Paul's missionary tours, what Paul did on his missionary tour. But God said, I am going to ask you what you did on yours. 
I am going to hold you accountable for what you did on your missionary tour. This righteousness from God comes through faith. In, so look at what faith in, in Jesus Christ does. It, get, it, 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 it gets us in a position where can, we can receive a righteousness from God to all who believe. Watch this. There is no difference. There is no difference. Jew, Gentile, barbarian, Scythian, God said, look, I'll save you no matter what your socioeconomic status. See, can you imagine if, 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 if salvation was like a Bentley? There's some of us that will never one of the saints said never even see one. Some of us will never see one. Some of us will never drive one, and a whole lot of us will never own a Bentley. Why? It's just too much money. It's just too much money for most of us. Well, if salvation was like a Bentley, then only the rich and the super rich could get it. But God said, no, no, I'm going to fix it up. Everybody that wills can get it. Even the watch this now, thank you, Father. Even though salvation, Bentley is very expensive now. Make no mistake about it. You got some vehicles, Lamborghini, cost you about a half a million dollars. All this kind of stuff. It's kind of crazy prices. But salvation is worth more than a Bentley. For those of us that may never get a Bentley, may never get a Lamborghini, may never get a Testarossa, may never, we can get salvation, which is a much greater worth and much cheaper price tag. For all you got to do is believe. There's no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Watch this. And all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Jesus Christ. We all sin, but watch this now. We all ain't saved. Everybody has sinned, but everybody is not saved. Just keep that in mind. Keep that. We're all sinned. We all sinned, fall short of God. We've fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. All of us sin and fall short of God, but we're not all saved. God presented Christ, verse 25, as a sacrifice of Atonement. Now, you break that word down, at one meant, because God wants to bring us back to a place of oneness. You've got to understand what God, if you listen, if you don't understand what God is trying to do, you're going to work against what God's trying to do. There's no way around it. There's no, listen, that's why you've got to understand this thing now. You're going to find out at the end of the day, like Judas. Judas had to find out at the end of the day. He thought he was doing something. You know, extra special, find out at the end of the day that he was working against Christ, the betrayer. You've got to understand what God is trying to do with us. as He's trying to bring us to a place of oneness, a place of oneness with him, a place of oneness with one another. We ought to all be thinking the same thing. As children of God, that man, as children of God, it shouldn't matter whether or not, you know, whether or not you go to church in, in, in Korea, 
or whether you come to the Christian center, the Holy Spirit ought to be saying about the same thing. Place of oneness. You say, Apostle, what are you talking about now? Watch this now. Watch this now. Go, uh, and we've been here before. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, there's only one Holy Spirit out there now. Anything other than him, what you're going to find out at the end of the day was a demon. That was a demon. Look at, look at what Paul writes to the Corinthian saints, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. We're supposed to be united in mind and thought. Even if we ain't together physically, we're supposed to be together in mind and in thought. And if we are not, there is a demon somewhere. We ain't on the same page. There's a demon somewhere. The only, the only one kicking against what God wants is the devil and demons. The only one fighting against what God done told you to do is the devil and demons. Now, the question you're going to have to answer, am I going to believe them? And agree with them and do what they're saying, or am I gonna believe God and agree with God and do what God wants? Who and the question is being asked. Somebody asked, I believe, in the book of Isaiah, whose report will you believe? Only one ain't nothing but a demon. And the pause look, we ain't united in mind. We ain't united in mind. Then there's a demon somewhere. We're not united in thought. There's a demon somewhere. Somewhere. Now, in Corinthians church, Paul has said, look, my brothers, some from Chilo's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Paul said, that's how I know the devil is on board. Let me get this straight. Children of God quarreling? <laughs> Holy Ghost is not quarreling with himself. Holy Ghost does not quarrel with himself. That's what the devil do. That's what. Demons do. What I mean is this. Paul said, look, one of you saying I follow Paul, another one hollering I follow Apollos, another one hollering I follow Cephas, still another one hollering I follow Christ. And look at the key word. Look at key in verse 13. Paul said, look, is Christ divided? When Jesus Christ came to the earth, did his head come to Judea? His arms and legs be in Galilee. His feet be over in, in Mesopotamia. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, one of the things he's using as an example. What's his name? I, I'm not too familiar. Voltron. Voltron cartoons. And now, these characters be all over the place. But then, when it comes time for some very, very serious business, they do what? They come together and form Voltron. Okay. All right. Well, children of God, that's how we supposed to do. That's how, by God know that we in different places physically, but there shouldn't be anything that 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 separates us as as children of God. There should be a time when we come together, when we come together physically. 
We in different places, you know, just like what what's the name of the character? Voltron. Voltron, some of the children be one place and different things. But when it comes time for some serious, serious work, they come together. Well, we supposed to, even though they be separated physically, they all know they parts of who? Voltron. Even though you and I, children of God, are separated physically, we're parts of the body of Christ. And we ought to be able to come together and do some very serious things. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? Paul said, I thank God I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So that no one can say that you were baptized into my name. Yes, and I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. Also, look at yourself now, all divided like this. That's not what Christ came to do, and that's not what Christ is working in you and I to do. He wants us one. He wants us one. You know, um, I had just... Uh, sent a message. I, I, I when I was in Nigeria a couple of years ago, I met with one pastor uh, and his congregation. wasn't the largest of congregations I'd ever been in, but these saints were very, very receptive. Well, and what I saw over the ministry was just a spirit of excellence. I mean, the the building that they was in, they had it immaculately fixed up. You know, the people, everybody was all sharp. I was like, this is an interesting, you know, you see different congregations. I was like, this is a very interesting congregation. And, you know, the pastor, you know, it was a great blessing to me, ended up taking me to his home, met with his family. And even his home, everything was all in order. I was like, man of God, I said, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been all this about all over this world. And I said, you know, I have not seen a spirit of excellence on any ministry, any church, that I've ever been in quite like this. I, I mean, everything is just in place. Everything. The walls were painted every, with stripes. They were striped. And the sharpness of the, the everything. And I sent him a message. I told him, uh, I said, man of God, I said, I'm, gonna be in, uh, I said, I'm leaving for South Africa, the Lord willing, tomorrow. I'll be in Nigeria on November 11th. He said, Apostle, he said, you know, it would be good to have you around. You were such a blessing to us. And then God just gave me some more, gave me a prophecy for him. I didn't even read his response. I just went on and prophesied. But it was just a spirit of excellence. See, that Bible talks about how that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these young men operated with a spirit of excellence, and they kept getting promoted. I encourage you, get in the habit of operating with a spirit, not a spirit of slowfulness, not a spirit of, of, of just any kind of, a spirit of excellence. Make Stuff be real right. God bless that because God like that. He likes the spirit of excellence. Our God is an excellent God. He's not just a God. Anyhow, God, you know, he, he does everything decent and in order. And when he sees individuals operating, now it takes work. Spirit of excellence takes work. You can't be lazy operating in a spirit of excellence. Let there be a spirit of excellence that permeates everything you do. Do it with a spirit of excellence. And watch God bless you very, very well. So atonement. He 
presented God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Watch this. He, he did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. That's I ain't going to quite get you like I could for that right there. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. But God's saying, look, now, now there's no excuse. Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ has come. All you got to do now, place your faith in Jesus Christ. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. There we go again. Here goes God says, well, break out the Swiss, Swiss pocket knife, Swiss army knife, Robert. Here's something else that faith is doing for you. We understand that faith brings us into a righteous place before God, but now we're seeing that faith causes us to be justified before God. Declared not guilty. Made righteous. Your faith, child of God, is making you righteous. That's why faith without works is dead. See, faith, if it's true faith, it's going to make you do something. If it's true faith, it's going to make you give something. If it's true faith, it's going to make you say something. Faith. Cannot faith can't lay down dormant. It, true faith can't do it because that's dead faith. Can you imagine if somebody came to you and said, "Look, you can't never get up out your bed again." I ain't talking about you paralyzed. I ain't talking about you, uh, you know, got injured and quadriplegic. Somebody just came and said, "Look, what we're gonna do? We're gonna strap you down right here in your bed, and you can't get up no more." Oh my gosh! I'd be like, "Man, go and kill me. I'd rather you kill me. Shoot me in the head. Shoot me in the head." Can you do that for me? What kind of life is that? And I can't, I can't get up out of bed. I can't move. Can you imagine somebody come in and say, "All right, you, you ain't, you ain't gonna move no more." I ain't talking about you paralyzed. I'm talking about you physically can't do it. But they saying we ain't gonna let you do it no more. I'd rather die. I'd just rather be dead. Because life is about being able to move. I'm not again. I'm not talking about if you got a ailment or, you know, a tragedy or something. I'm talking about just life. You want to move. I want to be able to move. I want to be able to get up. I want to go. I want to drive. I want to do that. Well, that's how faith is. True faith wants to do for the Lord. True faith wants to give to the Lord. True faith wants to talk about the Lord. True faith. No, no, no. Faith without works. Faith, faith, faith will spur you to work. True faith. If you ain't being spurred to work, man, it's because your faith is not true or your faith is dead. Either one of them is no faith. Faith will spur you. All right, so now the spirit asks a question. What then is this boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law, is it Paul? The Spirit says, "Is that what you're boasting about?" No. But on that of faith, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. 
Is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? No, not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Well, what has God done? Our faith now has fixed us up so that we can carry out the righteous decrees of the law. Without faith in Christ, God said, all right, let me show you how, how, what happened. You're trying to do the law. You're trying to do the law. You're trying to do the law. Y'all couldn't do it. Y'all couldn't do it. You kept breaking. But now that faith has come, now you can do it. You can do it. Well, uh, we had one of the young, young, young saints in here years ago. I brought him in, 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 in the weight room. Little Joker couldn't bench press for 35 pounds. I was like, what is this? Immediately put him on a serious workout plan just about four days out of the week. Brought him in here the other day, a few years later. Sorry, do this right here. Little Joker bench pressed about 100 and about 55 pounds. I said, hmm, okay. I said, now, let me show you what you were doing when you first came in this weight room and put the little the little 35 pounds on the thing. Couldn't even use the regular bar because the regular bar would weigh 45 pounds. He couldn't even lift that. I put it on. I said, I bench press that. He pushed up. I said, do keep doing it. Keep doing it. He just throwing it. I said, how that feel to you? It feel light. See? Well, why? Why? Why I feel light? Well, because you've been working so hard. Now, that which was all you could do is now a piece of cake to you. Well, so it is with our works in the things of God. When we are diligent and, 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 and steadfast and unmovable in the things of God, there will be things in your life, child of God, that used to be about all you could stand. In other words, you were about ready to blow your brains out behind that right there, but now you done got so strong in the Lord that that ain't it. That's a piece of cake to you. Man, it used to take me, man, I used to study for, I remember when I first started preaching, man, it would take me, I would take just about the better part of a day to prepare for a 45-minute sermon. When I first started preaching, man, studying and going back and forth. Now, God had to give me, God give me about two hours worth in about uh, maybe two minutes. Maybe two minutes. Maybe two minutes. Maybe take the Lord two minutes. A lot of times, a whole lot less than that. Be about two hours worth preaching, teaching. Well, why? What happened? Just like the young man that's now bench pressing 150 pounds, he done got strong. So that, that little old 35, he was throwing that up. He almost, almost threw the thing off. I said, oh, keep pushing it. Get out of that field. Oh, man, it's light. You done got strong. See, God wanna want you and I strong in the Lord. That mess that used to bother you with them people was talking about you when you get strong in the Lord. You won't even be thinking about them jokers. That that used to used to uh, cause you your te tears to be all in your eyes and your feelings be hurt so bad. When you get strong in the Lord, that mess ain't nobody even thinking about that mess. Got to get strong in the Lord. Now this young man, he couldn't have, he couldn't have not been working hard and and been able to got them kind of results. He couldn't have been laying around eating uh, eating uh, uh, chocolate cup goo goos and drinking uh, drinking a uh, uh, diet Pepsi. No, he'd been working. He'd been sweating. So now, see, that that used to be a struggle to me, that that used to be difficult to me, is almost nothing to me because I'm strong 
God wants you strong, child of God. So you ain't tripping off a bunch of nonsense you was tripping off. You still tripping off the same stuff at 42 that you was tripping off at when you were 22. Something wrong with your workout. Uh-oh. Something wrong with your workout. Your spiritual workout. You say, Pastor, what world are you talking about? Those of you, if you don't know, those of you that worship with us here on a daily basis, what you're doing is you're getting a spiritual workout. We might change the name of the broadcast. Spiritual workout with Apostle Brian. Then put a picture up there. I put a picture up there with a with a body shirt on and with a muscle pumping and have a Bible sitting on top of it. Spiritual workout <laughs> with Apostle Robert. You're working out in the morning. You're working out in the evening. Getting strong in the Lord. I might just, I might let me let the Lord, let me talk to the Lord about that. Spiritual workout. Change the name. We ain't just teaching the word. Spiritual workout. Working you out, child of God. Workout. Sitting around watching a bunch of TV. Get some word in your system. Get some word down in your soul. Let me let me think. Boy, I might shock some of y'all. Y'all going to be like, man, what the possible I'm going off, ain't it? Let the Lord give me the okay. I must want to have a body shirt, have muscle pumping up, muscle and body sitting on top, spiritual workout with Apostle Robert Bryan. Do we nullify the law by faith? No, God said, no, 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 no. But we can uphold the law now. Now you can do it. You let me have put that 145 pounds on that young man when he first came in the weight room. Y'all have been reading about me in the newspaper. Apostle Brian, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, killed one of the young members by trying to get a young man that couldn't even lift 35 pounds, it'd be in the newspaper, to try to lift 150 pounds. It would have killed him. It would have crushed this, it would have crushed the life out of him. Why? He wasn't nowhere near ready for that. But because he'd been working, and I mean working hard, just about four four good days out of the week. Come in here and jacked up, jacked up, jacked up 150 pounds. <laughs> I had to give him $10 out of my pocket. I told him, I told him when he started, I said, you get this right here, I'm going to give you $10. Pumped it so fast, I was like, maybe I need to talk a little slower the next time. So children of God, this is going to conclude this particular message here. Now, uh, remember, understand, well, we're still talking. Look at how God has kept us on topic. I'm just turning the, the, the sermon card over. Required a great sacrifice. In order for that young man to have gone from 35 pounds to 150 pounds, Required a great sacrifice. It required a great sacrifice. In order for you, child of God, to get saved, all right, for us to have gotten saved, that required a great sacrifice of Jesus. But now, in order for you and I to grow, it's going to cause for a great sacrifice on our part. Jesus made the sacrifice. Jesus made, get that down, get that down in your notes. Jesus made the great sacrifice in getting us saved. Now we got to make a great sacrifice to what? To grow. I've, I've often heard it said, and there's a lot of truth in it. You may get your job by who you know, but you keep your job by what you know. A lot of truth in that. You know, maybe your daddy got you a job, got your position somewhere, something, and now you want to keep that job, don't you? Then now, now you better, you better, you know, you better get to work. We're not saved by works, children of God. I think everybody understands that. But now that we are in the family of God, it is, you're going to maintain your salvation through works. We're not working for salvation. We're working for reward. Now, you want to be sitting up in heaven with a little old crown on your head about the size of a peanut? 
You ain't done nothing in the earth. You just got saved. You was just saved. You be in heaven with a little peanut-sized crown, or you want a massive crown walking around for all eternity, you know? Because if I see you with that peanut crown, I mean, I'm happy that you're there and everything, but, I, you know, you got that peanut crown. That's, look, that's called a peanut crown. That let me know you ain't done a whole lot in the earth. Massive crowns is what we, we want children of God, where we have worked and we have worked diligently and we have worked sincerely for the kingdom of God. Amen and amen. All right. Thanks, uh, the Lord willing. I will be traveling tomorrow to South Africa. Those of you all that know the word of prayer, uh, I pray that, uh, that, that you support me in that. Any financial support that you all want to offer for this missionary tour, it will be greatly appreciated and greatly accepted as well. Uh, don't worry. Uh, we will, the Lord willing, uh, the pastors have already uh, promised me that they were going to make sure we have very solid and strong uh, internet so that we'll be able to carry on uh, with the broadcast. You know, South Africa, you know, uh, Lord, Lord Welling, I'll be in Pretoria, uh, Johannesburg, and Cape Town. Very, very beautiful place uh, for those of you that may have never been there. Very, very beautiful. Now, uh, on November 11th, the Lord Welling, I'll be in Nigeria. I can't promise you much of nothing, but <laughs> once you get in Nigeria, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a, whole different, a whole different part of the game. It's a whole different fish there. But uh, the Lord willing, we're going, to be, we're going to be working very diligently to try to make sure that we bring uh, the broadcast. It may not be twice a day, as we are able to do here, as uh, I will have other preaching engagements, but we're going to uh, work very, very diligently to um, at least be able to meet with you all and uh, proclaim the true and words of the true and living God once a day. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, again, we thank you, we praise you, we appreciate you, we glorify and exalt you. Father, we thank you for everything that you have shared in our hearing today. We thank you for uh, words to strengthen our spirit, man, Father, so we can go from 35 pounds to 150 pounds in the spirit. We want to be strong in you and in your mighty power, Father, so we're not little weaklings, little little bitty weaklings running around in the kingdom. We want to be uh, strong men and women uh, of Christ and, uh, and of God. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Again, Father, I ask that you uh, begin and continue to prepare the hearts and minds of your people in the great country of South Africa, that when your servant gets there, just as you went out as a hornet before the, the nation of Israel and you got things straightened out and you got things in order, uh, prior to the nation of Israel's arriving, I pray, Father, that you go out as a hornet before your apostle into the churches, into the, to the seminars, into the, the meeting places of your people, and begin preparing minds and hearts for uh, sound doctrine, Father, that lives may be touched, changed, souls may be saved, uh, saints may be edified, encouraged, and strengthened. We trust, Father, you're going to do these things for us as we continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all glory, all honor, and all praise. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. We pray. Three good questions here. What do we got? Give me three things that, that faith will bring for us. We talked about faith as a Swiss uh, army knife, a Swiss pocket knife. Saints are calling in already from different parts of the world. Give me three, three good things. Give me another question. What do we got?
Explain atonement. Explain what atonement is all about. And number three, let's just get this. What has our faith now empowered us to do with the law? What has our faith now empowered us to do with the law? Amen and amen. Uh, Saints, the Lord bless each of you in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, Donations can be sent on our church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you, and heaven continue to smile on you. Any questions there for the talk show, Saints? We're seeing many of you there in the room. Uh, you can uh, you can go on and type those in, and the Lord willing, we'll, we'll get, get those answered um, through and by the word of God. Amen and amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.